0: Bye.
1: Hold on, (laughs) setting up. Still setting up.
0: Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Fred. Fred.
2: You're looking good, Fred.
0: Thank you.
1: We are now ready to go, Rob.
2: So are we doing the prelude on Zoom or no? No. Okay. Well, welcome. Everyone, it's wonderful to see you. I notice we have a smaller Zoom. (laughs) I'm guessing that's because we have an absolutely full roster for our in-person service next. So, um, but it's good to be with you in this way and to stay connected. And we'll do this as long as we have to until it's safe for everyone to come back. But let's go ahead and begin as we always do by slowing down, taking about three deep breaths that we might be more present of the living spirit with us, around us, and within us. Friends, let us worship in beloved community. And I'm going to begin with a prayer. Blessed one, we do ask your presence with your people, people who remain scattered in this moment, the end of this season so close and yet not yet here. As we worship in this way that has now become familiar, set apart this time as sacred, open our hearts and our minds to your grace, your encouragement, and your instruction. We pray these things in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen.
0: And well, it is wonderful to have all of you. If you are joining us for our time of discovery, especially, come closer to the screen. Or put your ear closer to the speaker if you're joining us on a podcast sometime in the future. I am in our newish youth room. Should we still call it a brand new youth room? But I'm in our youth room. And here I'm going to show you a little bit because some of you have never been in here. You can see, we have some fun furniture here to show. Look, we've got these new places for people to sit. And look, some friends of ours from Redwood High School even built storage. So we have dodgeballs in there. We've got the important things like snacks. Yeah. So we also have things like first aid kits and Bibles, just parents so you know, (laughs) (laughs) but we're going to have you come join us over here with our real superheroes because our, or I'm sorry, our real superheroes can come join me with my pretend superheroes here. They, um, many of you, I think all of you have got to go back to school. And that's wonderful, and you have been carrying us all through this whole pandemic without getting to see your friends, without getting to play the sports you enjoy playing, all the different things that we like to do to get us through the day. We haven't got to do them, and you just keep getting us through it, so thank you for being our real superheroes. I've got my pretend superheroes and my pretend friends here. Try to get a good angle here so everyone can see all. I know everyone enjoys looking at them more than me. Well, I wonder how we've been talking about prayer, as you know, in Sunday school and all the different things that we can pray about. We pray about the things that are hard. We pray about the things that are really good. pray about the things that make us sad, the things that make us happy. But sometimes I wonder, can God help us even make choices sometimes or good choices? and I had a game that I wanted to play with you. I'm gonna need a couple of volunteers, okay? Wow, okay, everybody's hand went up. Okay, that's wonderful. Everyone's hand has gone up. I don't, okay, everybody calm down, calm down, calm down. Okay, um, Iron Man, Ant-Man. Okay, so that way we can have some friends join against each other. Okay, you can join me up here at the cops. Uh, I have some cups over here, okay? And if you can see, I have three cups. And and in one of these cups is a Hershey Kiss. It is a chocolate treat that you can have and enjoy for yourself, but you're gonna have to choose which cup it's in. Maybe our friends over here can help this. No, 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 you cannot crawl, turn into an ant, crawl inside to find out. That would be cheating. That's not fair to the other people here who cannot turn into an ant. So, would you like to use number one, number two, or number three? And if you're listening, please cheer Ant-Man on. Which cup should he use? One, two, okay, yeah. They say number two. You're going to go number two. Okay, number two. Let's come over here and open it up. Oh, nothing. You don't win anything. Okay, come sit down, Ant-Man. Okay, Ant-Man. We know we number two. No, you cannot blast it and destroy it to see what's inside. That's not fair. That's not fair. Black I can't blast things. You can't blast them, okay? All right. Which one do you think Iron Man should pick? Number one or number three? They're saying number three. Do you want to choose number three? You're not sure? Okay, think about it. Are you going to go number three because you're standing there? Okay, number three. Hey, I got number three. There you go. Enjoy. <laughs> well, you got it. I wonder, we have choices to make every day. Some of them are silly, like trying to get a Hershey, because some of them are really serious. And I wonder, how do you know? If God's telling you which way to go, how do you know which cup God's telling you to look at? How do you know what God's voice sounds like? Do you know how you might know? You can join us on our church's YouTube channel or our Spotify podcasting channels near our Sunday school lesson today. And it can help us get some guidance on how how can God help us in our prayers to make good choices. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, pretend superheroes.
1: Uh, as we move to our time of prayer together today, one of the joys of being on Zoom together is we actually get to share with we, one another in real time. So um, we would love to hear if you have any joys, any concerns, people, places that we should be praying about now and this week.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> um, just as, as I said, I think every school in Marin County now is open in some way, shape, or form. All of them, in, it, everyone that I know is in some form of hybrid learning, but it's, uh, I, I personally, I think that's wonderful. I, but at the same time, I'm just praying for people's safety. Um, I know our, I know students are just really excited to be back with each other. So we're happy for that. And at the same time, concern for people's safety going forward.
1: Amen. Anyone else? I would add um, continued prayers for the family of Leah Boyd. Uh, We are going to have a memorial service for her over Zoom in two weeks, March 21st at 2 p.m. Uh, the link will be made available between now and then but just continued prayers for for her family the others peter
0: Uh, yeah to it's opening up our church is a celebration (laughs) okay and i think that you know i am so happy that we're finally to that place where we can do something like that but in the same tone, I am concerned, you know, that uh, we have, we do it the right way and uh, we protect everybody and that we're safe. I think it goes, it's a two-edged sword in the, in the midst of what we're doing. But congratulations, so.
1: Amen, thank you. Ruthie? Hold on, you're muted here.
3: Mute. There you go. Wanted to add continued prayers for Dominic
1: Phillips. Yeah. yeah, amen, Dominic, who makes progress very slowly, but continues to be hospitalized for him and for his family as well. Yes, thank you, Ruthie. All right, well, let's take a few moments in quiet and then I will lead us in the Lord's Prayer. So let us be in prayer together. Gracious God, you hear the prayers of your people, and they're offered in the name of the one who taught us to pray together saying, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen
0: our first scripture reading today comes from first corinthians chapter one please listen to what Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, God decided, through the foolishness of our proclamation, to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks desire wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are the call, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. This is holy wisdom, holy word. and be to God.
2: The gospel reading comes from the book of John, the second chapter, verses thirteen to twenty-two. Continue to listen for what the Spirit is saying to us right here and right now. The Passover of the Jews, Jesus' own people, was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple This too is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Well if you were here this morning as some will be in an hour's time, you would see that we are not quite recovered from a burst pipe in the sanctuary. happened as we were uh, had completed the renovation and were' just installing the solar. Hundred and I think 25, 150 gallons of water per minute, I'm told. So when I read this story about Jesus going into the temple and speaking of it being torn down after years of construction, I think we've taken the whole putting yourself in the biblical story too far. We can stop now. Thank God we didn't read Noah's Ark this morning. In reality, we're in great shape. Obviously, the building will get fixed. It won't be on our dime. It'll be covered by someone else and repairs are underway, so I'm not worried. It's just a reminder that sometimes things go wrong. They go wrong in all aspects of our life, and they go wrong in the church as well. I remember when I was a youth pastor at another church, we had this tradition each summer. We'd do a camp up in the mountains and uh, for a week, and so one year at the conclusion of our camp, I would signed the contract for the next year and it was only in the next year that I realized that the camp had changed the contract dates by one day and little did we know that we were to be home or off their property a day before we were to be home so there we were 75 or more teenagers 15 or more adults uh, with no place to go for the night we couldn't just call families and say, hey, we're going to come home a day early because many of them had scheduled vacations to correspond. Well, long story short, once the panicking and lying on the ground in the fetal position uh, had ceased, we just decided to go back and have about the world's biggest church lock-in, at least for us. Candlelight worship in the sanctuary in the middle of the night, it actually turned out to be a great time and a meaningful time. It just took some folks to be a little bit creative and to rethink things. When Jesus went into the temple that day, he was saying it's time to rethink things. And this has been the season of that, has it not? To rethink all kinds of things, to do things differently. Think how much has changed. Look how we're having church right now workplaces have had to uh, uh totally adapt whole families have had to do things differently schools we all know about going to the doctor is totally different now than it used to be everything has changed jesus tells the people in the temple everything's got to change now it's easy to preach this passage uh for for uh, for the way that the the, the, the temple was out of sync and and had been invaded by these awful, filthy money changers. But in reality, those money changers were perfectly in place. And the temple was operating as it was set up to operate. The reason they needed money changing tables was if you were a, a good practicing, faithful, religious person and you were coming to make an offering, you might well be carrying a Roman coin. Now, why would a Roman coin be problematic for Jews? Remember the Ten Commandments. You can't have a graven image. So they had to change the coin for one of their own coins, which wouldn't have had an image. The money changers had a place. Similarly, if you were coming, one of the things you might do is make an animal sacrifice. And these were people who sold animals that you could sacrifice on the altar. So they were in place. What Jesus was simply trying to get them to do is rethink the entire way they operated. In the year 70, they were going to be forced to do that when the temple was destroyed. But here we are decades earlier, if you go by the timeline of the story, and Jesus is warning them, foretelling them of where they're headed. Because in his mind, they have lost touch with, of what true power is and how to relate to power. And either they were too close to the powers of the day, the empire which ruled through the way empires always rule through force, through domination. They were either too close to the power in bed with them, so to speak, or they adopted the means of the powers to resist them through violent revolt. And neither way was acceptable to Jesus. So he says, it's time to rethink things. This is the language of the temple being torn down and being raised. But, and we know this is almost certainly something that actually happened because it's one of the few stories that occurs in all of the gospels. And because he's asking such big questions of such big places, it's almost certain this is one of the episodes that led to his crucifixion to threaten the destruction of the temple was serious business. And whenever you threaten structures, people get nervous. So that's what was going on there. But Jesus doesn't just stop with the destruction talk. And that's an important point. It's easy, well, maybe it's not easy, but it's tempting perhaps. Uh, It's common, it's enticing to want to attack institutions. We live in this anti-institutional age, which has spanned for decades now. And society tends to swing in these terms. And there's a value in critiquing institutions in pointing out how they perhaps are unjust, whether intentionally or unintentionally, how they've got bias built in, maybe how they're no longer relevant or how they privilege some or the other, there's a time to dismantle sometimes institutions, do away with some altogether, perhaps. But there always follows the necessary question. Then what? Then what? Because I believe, and maybe this is because I represent an old institution, that people, communities, societies need collective bodies that come together and work for a common purpose, for a greater good. Society needs those to hold people together. We can't just go through this world as individuals. So there needs to be something built in the rubble of what needs to be torn down or grown, if you wanna use a more organic metaphor. And Jesus speaks to this, though not as clearly perhaps as we would like. He says, I will raise it up. He says, you tear down the temple because things need to change, and I will raise it up, something in its place. Now, it's cryptic the way he speaks. That's sort of how Jesus rolls. But if you listen carefully, you can find some clues When we hear that, we tend to think, oh, he's foretelling the resurrection. And the writers seem to indicate that as well, because they say, oh, this is the temple of his body. Those are the words they use. They're assuming it's the resurrection, which happens after three days. And Jesus says three days. But might there also be another meaning to that? Because the text does not say, and I will be raised up. Jesus says, I will raise it up. So what is the it? I do think it's the body, but it may not be simply Jesus's own body. It's the body of his followers. From the beginning, we've called those who follow Christ, after the resurrection at least, the body. Paul speaks of the body as the community. So then. The notion is that what Jesus will build up in place of the temple is a community that's governed by a different way of understanding power and relationship. This community will be defined by peace, by equity, not just equality, but by equity, sharing as each has need, and by mercy, not retribution. It was an alternative communal system to what's in place in his mind in the temple. It's a miraculous image. And what's amazing is it's shared in other traditions, too. Uh, Nhat Han, which you, you may know, a famous Buddhist poet and teacher, once said, the next Buddha may be a Sangha. Now you may be wondering, well, what, what is that? Well, a Sangha is just a community of people that come together to study Dharma, to practice Dharma Truth, reality, teachings, the way. So, what he's saying is if the Buddha comes again, the Buddha will come as a community. So, to put that back in Christian terms, the second coming may be a community, it may be us. So, what's Jesus up to? That's the question we're asking throughout all of Lent. And part of what Jesus is up to is establishing a new way of being together, a way of being in relationship that stands in contrast to the way empires always exist. They rule through power and wealth and Jesus lifts up a different way of being together in community. And one of the things we've learned the most in this pandemic is how much we yearn for community, how much we need this being together. And so it leaves me with a question. We've just finished finished a marvelous building, a construction project, a renovation and expansion. Can we put the same kind of energy and investment into renovating and expanding and nurturing our social, spiritual community at the church as we did the physical, physical structure that holds it? Will we invest as much in being a community of Christ followers, as we did in this marvelous building. And what will that look like? How will it come to be that we can again be, for this season, in maybe a new and heightened way, a place where people can grow spiritually, they can grow in faith, they can find community, and they can better the world. For me, that's sort of the mantra for this next season, to be a place where people can grow in faith, grow spiritually, where they can find community and better the world. But it's going to take the creativity and the rethinking of all of us. I was sharing an idea I had with Bethany the other day. in part thinking about how we can bring together people just for meals and common time. And I thought, wouldn't it be nice if we had uh, regular meals where we could come and bring food and break bread together and connect, but then not just disperse after having social time, but rather people could then spread out into different rooms in this grand new building we have. And in one room, there might be people doing contemplative prayer. And in another room, there may be people singing hymns and Christian songs. In another room, perhaps there's an educational event going on for uh, an issue in our community that we may wanna get engaged in. Another, a Bible study, another, an art uh, uh, exercise of some kind, maybe body prayer, yoga. Maybe in one room, we have just guided conversations where we can have conversations that are more than casual. The possibilities are endless. And Bethany said, well, we used to do that here. He said it was called more than a meal, and I thought, what a fitting way to both return and move forward around a common table. And wasn't it a table after all, around which Jesus gathered his disciples and gathers all of us and asks that in the breaking of the bread and the sharing of the cup, that we remember him. So come to this table today and remember and dream a new way forward. Amen.
3: I will rise with all my daughters, I will rise against my foes, I will rise with all the mothers, I will carry all their woes. I will rise to fight for freedom, I will rise face with fears, I will rise against all hatred while my eyes are veiled in tears. I will rise for religious freedom, for a rich diversity. I will rise for all the weary, for each lonely refugee. I will work for all our women who deserve equal pay.
0: Amen. So now we come to
1: our time of communion. If you don't yet have something with you to eat and to drink, I invite you to go get that right now. Make a quick trip to your kitchen. So we all have some elements to share together. And as we come to the table, We're reminded that all are invited, all are welcome at God's table. And it is certainly good to be here celebrating this meal with all of you. And we remember that when we come to the table, Jesus invites us to come in peace. So may the peace of Christ be with each and every one
0: of you. This
3: is the joyful feast of the people of God,
0: come from the north and the south, come from the east and the west, come sit at the table in the kingdom of God.
1: So will you join with me? God be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to God. Let us give thanks to God. It is right to give God thanks and praise. Will you pray with me? Loving God, you are before all things. You are beyond all things. And in the midst of all things and all peoples, you have made yourself known. In Israel's stories of communities and nations seeking identity, feeling their strength, and struggling with their weakness, you have made yourself known. In Jesus, in his compassion for the outcast, forgiveness for the fallen, hope for the poor and hungry, in his life poured out for others, O God, you have made yourself known. We give you thanks that at the table all parts of the world are invited, enemies and friends, the alienated and powerful, those close at hand, those far away, To all, you offer the grace of bread broken and shared and the cup of refreshment that leads to new life. We praise and we thank you for your abundant spirit and your unfailing love. Now God, as we prepare to share this meal together, hear us as we join our voices with the great cloud of witnesses who have gathered at your table in the glory of Your name, holy, holy,
3: holy, my heart, my heart adores You. My heart knows how to say to You, You are holy, Lord.
2: Friends, on the night of his arrest, Jesus took bread, and I invite you all now to take what you have to break and share it with others so they can see, perhaps. And said, This body, this is, excuse me, this bread is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, after supper, he took the cup, invite you to take the cup, and said, this cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood, poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Each time you drink of it, do so in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's saving life, death, and resurrection until he comes. I invite you to share now. Will you join me in prayer? Holy one, for most of our lives, we would not imagine communion in this way. And yet as many ways as this world finds to pull us apart and scatter us about, you find ways to meet us where we are, to redeem us for what we have been and to restore us for something new. For meeting us here, we give you thanks for the courage it takes to move forward we ask your presence we pray for all those who are hungry and thirsty in body or soul this day we pray these things in the name of jesus the christ amen
1: just a couple of things to share with you before we go to our closing hymn Congratulations for figuring out our new schedule. (laughs) We are now online at 9 a.m. with worship, and that will continue for the next few weeks, Um, and then in-person with worship at 10. Um, So feel free to join us in whatever way is most comfortable to you. Uh, Next week at 9 a.m., we will premiere our worship video both on Facebook and on YouTube at 9, and then be in the sanctuary at 10. So however we worship together, it is certainly good to be together. And then the final thing to share with you is during the season of Lent, our Spiritual Life Commission is offering a wonderful series on Tuesday evenings, every Tuesday evening at six for the next three weeks. And they have a different guest coming in to share some spiritual practices, to share some wisdom about the Lenten season. Uh, The Zoom link for that goes out in the e-news. It is also up on the website and the members section. So you are definitely welcome to join us for that. And now let's join together in our closing hymn.
3: Hymn 537 When at This Table.
2: receive this benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, who is father and mother of us all, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with you this day and every day. Amen.